Hi, I'm Oki, and welcome to Tell Me About Your Book. Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me About Your Book. I am honestly really excited to be talking to author Rachel Elliott about this book that I think is phenomenal and really, really heartfelt. It's called Love and Genetics. And I want you guys to say hi to Rachel. That way she can tell us all about Love and Genetics, her book that we're talking about today. Hi, Rachel. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited. I'm the one that's giddy here. because <laughs> I'm so ready to talk about your book. First, where are you, Rachel? I am on the East Coast of the United States. So it's early right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not late not in too the day. Early, but right. <laughs> manageable. Totally manageable. <laughs> Let's talk about love and genetics. You know, I, I want you to kind of give me all the nitty and gritty part okay. of it. But can I ask first how this book came about? Absolutely. This book came about for two reasons. First is that everyone who knows the story was like, oh, my God, you should write a book. It was like the first thing everyone said when, <laughs> when they heard our story. And the second thing is that my brother, who is the co-author with me, mm -hmm wanted a record for his own family. It started really as a way for us to remember and make a record that we could hold on to because we live on opposite sides of the country. And sometimes you just forget the facts of your life. Like you right, get really absolutely. sort of bogged down in the day to day and you forget, wow, like this is a thing that happened and this matters. And it's a story we wanted to have for our own families to pass down. And for everyone in the family to know all the details and yep. how it all went about. For us that don't know the main storyline, can you tell us about that? Absolutely. So the big story is when I was pregnant with my second child, my mom took me out for dinner and confessed to me that she and my dad had had a baby as teenagers and given him up for adoption. And I grew up in a super conservative family as the oldest of three kids and finding out that my parents had, never mind, had had a child, but had had sex outside of marriage, like, <laughs> my mind. But then suddenly I wasn't the oldest anymore and my parents like stayed together and are still together. So I had a full blooded sibling, big right. brother, and I was the oldest sister of only boys. So... I had brothers I loved and I knew what it was like to have brothers and I was overwhelmed with the desire to know my brother and my mom didn't know anything about him. She said it was a closed adoption. Her and my dad had never even talked about it. They had certainly not talked to us kids about it. That was all I knew. And so that sort of got tucked away and over the course of 10 years sort of faded into like the idea that somewhere out there I had a brother. And then one Easter weekend, my mom shows up at my door and just says, he found us. He found us. He found you. He, he wants siblings. And I was like, what is happening right now? Right. So he hired a search agency looking for siblings because he has wonderful parents who would 
who adopted him and raised him, but he was looking for siblings and found out he had three younger, full-blooded siblings. And as soon as we had permission through all the back and forth and channels, and there's some right. red tape involved for me to reach out to him, I latched onto him. My youngest brother says like a barnacle. I was just like, <laughs> I'm your sister. I love you. I am here. And he was like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> and I really didn't care very much. So we started emailing and developing a relationship. So that was Easter. And then we're coming up actually on the anniversary because it was Memorial Day weekend that we met in person. Oh, the whole wow. family got together at my parents' house. He and his wife flew from Oregon and we are on Kentucky, North Carolina. So it's a long trip, but they came. Mm-hmm. I picked them up at the airport and I said, please don't like wear a funny hat or a flower in your lapel because I know I will be able to recognize you. Like you look like all the men I love. <laughs> I will be able to pick you out of a lineup. And sure enough, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, my God, you are my brother. And I gave him a big hug and I touched his face and I was like, you're real. And he was super uncomfortable with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have maybe said, hey, is it OK if I give you a hug? But I totally didn't. I just launched myself at him. I'm 100 percent behind you on that. I don't know. It's just <laughs> listening to you saying this. I'm getting emotional just listening to this, but I I totally understand. You're like, look, this is what I want to do. It's an emotional story. So we had a weekend together. We played games. We told family stories, all this stuff. It was really great. It was surprisingly great. And then we went back to emailing every day, hundreds of emails, probably one sentence at a time, because I was at the time I was a stay at home mom and he worked full time, but I monopolized all of his email, I'm sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we started talking and he was like, so I wanted to tell you why I was looking for siblings. And I was like, absolutely. And it turns out that his wife has a chronic kidney condition and can't carry children. They were talking about adopting or finding surrogate or something. And he wasn't really excited about adopting because he felt like he wanted to know that his genes, his family line would carry on into the world. And he thought if he found some siblings and he was expecting like half siblings, he thought if he found siblings that it would settle that feeling and they would move forward with adoption. But what was in reality, the opposite happened. Like he found blood relatives and felt seen, felt like, oh, these are the people who help me make sense in the world. Right. Like, if you don't belonging. Yes. And he was raised by the most wonderful people, but they're very different from my family. They're quiet and thoughtful and reserved. And my family is loud and <laughs> funny and sarcastic. And so suddenly he himself made a lot more sense to himself seeing his birth family, he was like, I can't adopt now. And we're going to have to figure this out. And immediately to myself, I thought I could totally be a surrogate for them. I could 100% do that. And this is, we met in, in May. I found out he existed in like really in April, met in Mm -hmm. May by June and July. I was like, Oh, I could totally do that because I was a stay at home mom. I was done having my own kids. I didn't have a work visa. I am immigrated from Canada. 
which sounds like a funny thing, but this is <laughs> a thing. I mean, I had time, I had a healthy body, I had all this love, but there are so many things like they barely knew me. I lived on the other side of the country. Right. I kept trying to come up with reasons why it was a bad idea. My husband and I would go for dinner. We'd be like, okay, we have to talk about this. But this has become very important. Yeah. And there was, it seemed like there were no boundaries. Like there was no good reason not to. He paid for me to come visit him in August, bought me a plane ticket. And I was going for like four or five days. And I decided that once I was there in front of them, I was going to offer to be their surrogate. It was a really long weekend waiting for the right moment. But I did. I did it. And I thought because they're both scientists. So I thought that they would be like, well, this is an interesting proposition, but we have a lot of things that would have to be overcome and we will get back to you. But the reality is that they were like, oh, my God, yes. Do you want to go to the doctor tomorrow before you get on the plane? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was just like, oh, my gosh. No, no, thank you. That's (laughs) that's a little bit too fast for me. But so that was August 19th, and I found out I was pregnant oh, on Christmas Eve. Man. And the twins were, I, I was pregnant with oh. twins. Oh, and man. They were born on August 19th, exactly a year to the day of when I offered to do it. Oh, wow. And they were born by a C-section in North Carolina, and Mark and Tina came from Oregon, and mm. his parents came and her parents came and my parents came and it was the first time all six parents had met and so here is mark having the wonderful experience of his children be born but also the horrifying experience of having his adopted parents meet his birth parents meet his in-laws and all of the emotional navigation of that was a bit overwhelming we were just a team so many people say things to me like you gave them such a beautiful gift, like you did such a beautiful thing, or you were so brave to do that. And I really think that they were super brave because they didn't know me with from a hole in the ground, really. We had known each other for three months mm-hmm. and they were like, we will trust you with the most important thing. And we can't even right. see you with our eyeballs because you live on the other side <laughs> of the country. They got their beautiful daughters who are 15 this summer. Holy moly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I got a brother. Like there's not a way to make up really 30 years of not knowing someone, but that's pretty close. (laughs) That's a a pretty intimate experience. I honestly love hearing the part where you were the oldest sibling for the longest time. And here comes Mark and you you suddenly become like the younger sister that that I want to get to know my older brother. I want to, to like you said, kind of latch onto him because yep. you became this younger sister. But me being a younger sister because I have an older brother, know exactly how that feels. Like everything yep. he does is just fascinating to you. you know? uh-huh. <laughs> and better. I'm like, right. he, taught and- me, he taught me about wine. And mm-hmm. I didn't really care about wine or drink a lot of wine, but he started sending me bottles of wine to taste as like a, a point of connection. Right. And I would taste right. them and make notes and send them back. And he'd be like, okay, based on that, I'm going to send you this bottle. <laughs> and right. I was like, what else can you teach me? Everything about him was amazing and fascinating. And he's very math driven and I'm very language driven. 
So I was like, man, I could have used you when I was in high school math. And he's like, oh, I would have been a great tutor. Like, and it's interesting because we didn't have to overcome the childhood trauma of growing up together. Neither of us ever pushed each other down the stairs. Neither of us, you know, were embarrassing while we were in middle school to each other. Well, you can do all that now, I guess. Right. <laughs> That's true enough. That is true enough. Without having to undo a bunch of past hurt, we really got a clean slate. And there's a lot of emotional work, I know, that for him that came with finding his birth family. But for me, it was pure bonus. Right. It was 100% bonus brother. I used to call him my secret brother. And now I just call him my big brother. And then all this is in the book. All the emotional part is in the book. All the events that up to this point is in the book. How was it writing and having to kind of remember all the stuff that you were going through? It was interesting. So the book, Mark kept all of our original emails. There are original emails throughout the book from he and I, from my mom and him, from my brothers and him. And so some of that is really raw because it was written in the heat of the moment on the fly. Right. But the other thing that was interesting is that we wrote, we didn't write our perspectives of the same event for oh, the okay. most part. I was wondering if that was part of the book as well, like how you saw it versus how he saw it. Not really. It's like, because we did it for each other, we didn't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> and if we had planned it out, that may have been the way it came. But I think it's better because the story moves along in almost like Polaroid snapshots where he right. shows a snapshot of something that happened and then I show a snapshot of something that happened. We would send chapters back and forth to each other and there are things I had no idea that were happening in his life, emotionally, in processing, meeting his birth family, in between he and his wife. I mean, I would read, sometimes I'd read what he sent while I was at the gym on the elliptical machine and I would just be sobbing at the gym, tears running down my face and be like, I had no idea that what for me was this like wild, joyful ride had genuine like pain and emotional repercussion in his family life. It was really emotional. I still get emotional when I read it. Like it's my story, <laughs> it's, right. but it still makes me tear up. It was wonderful to think about, but it surprised me how strong the emotions were able to be conveyed in the in the actual writing of the book. I certainly appreciate the honesty in the book. And I love the fact that there's your side in the book as well, because a lot of books similar to this, even though they're all really unique in its own story, mm -hmm. but you get a lot of the the side of his side. Yep. searching for the family that you didn't know and things like that, which I, yep. I think is amazing. But I love the fact that there's your side as well, the the side that gains somebody into the family and, yep. and the things that you go through and how different it is. What made you guys decide to co-author this, having to show both sides of the story versus one or the other? I think it's just that we both feel very strongly that it's something we did together. Like it's not my story and it's not his story. It's right. our story. He and I 
Siamese twinned this. We, <laughs> you can't, it's like you can't have one without the other. It was so intimate, maybe is the right word. It was so, we were so dependent on each other. We were so entwined emotionally during that whole time. I think it would have been impossible to do it on our own. So now that this is a book that a lot of people have responded to, people really gravitated to this book. Is it you or Mark that's really like the author of other books as well? Like who is a writer in all this? I mean, both of you guys wrote the book, yes. Right. Wanting to (laughs) like wanting to make this a complete project product. Right. That would be me. I am the writer (laughs) for sure. Mark is a scientist. I am the one who writes and has written for a long time. I was going to ask, can you tell me more about you as an author? I have not published anything else, but I have blogged tremendous amounts and have a book in the development stage. I have a lot of notes jotted down and big ideas. I like to say being a a woman of a certain age. Like I'm not old, but I have some life experience and there are some, I'm like, you know, I have learned some things. I have changed some <laughs> and things. I can write about that. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how has it been since you guys published Love and Genetics? It's the the most fun thing I think that we did in terms of the thing that I thought would never happen is we were interviewed by BBC. I'm like, not BBC America, the whole BBC. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, um, I'm going to be on the BBC. Are you kidding me? It was really, that was really cool. That was very fun. But mostly the adage that you don't make money writing is pretty true. That's, <laughs> that's just, that's just the truth, but it was <laughs> reality, <laughs> right? It was one of the publisher's bestsellers last year. And so that was exciting to get that news. It's a story I love and it's a story that is close to my heart and I could, I'll talk to anyone about it at any time for sure. (laughs) I'm glad you're talking to me about it because even though it's such a personal story to the both of you and your whole family, just sharing it, I think a lot of it's very relatable and getting to read how you guys managed it emotionally, I think it going to help a lot of people because we're always looking for some sort of some sort of guidance when it comes to something like this so when you pick up a book like this you you know and if you can relate this is yeah this is such an amazing thing so Rachel where can we get your book you can get it everywhere you can get it on (laughs) Amazon Amazon amazon.com you can get it on Barnes and Noble you can buy it directly from the publisher unsolicited press which is great because then, yeah, yeah, that's a great way to buy it because then the publisher gets the most money out of it because they're not paying Amazon. Amazon is probably the easiest. Just to go back to what you said about being relatable, like it sounds like it's about adoption and surrogacy, but it's also about siblings and family relationships. And it's about love. And ultimately, I think it's about hope. I think it's about not thinking that there's a way forward and then finding out of the clear blue sky that there's a way forward. It's about the surprises of life are unlimited 
And we live in a world that feels really limited and can feel very dark. But there is life and surprise and joy and things that we don't even know are coming for us that are beautiful. And that's one of the things I like about it. I was also going to say a lot of things feel so lonely. And Mm -hmm. so when you can read about something that, that you can develop like people around, like you can gain people who are supportive around you, surrounding yourself with people that love you. It's so important. And you're right. It's a lot about hope and love. And ultimately, that's that's what we want. And we want to read about things like this because yep. there's so many crazy things going on surrounding us. And to get mm-hmm. to read something so positive and emotional, yep. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I just want to say thank you for coming today and opening up about this book as as raw and emotional as this book already. The fact that I get to hear you talk about it, I think it's it's so cool. I love supporting indie authors like this and thank love supporting you. books like this. Any last you. thing you want to say before we go? I just want to say that this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Like if you need a little light in a dark place, this is a good story. It's a true story, and it will shine a little light into your heart. You're getting me all weepy, Rachel. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this is, <laughs> I, I love it. It's great because it's it's great to be to be able to talk to anyone who who's willing to listen or offer a olive branch kind of thing. I'm sure a lot of people appreciate what you guys have to say because it's so relatable and on a lot of things. And thank you. Hopefully, hopefully we hear more from you guys because this I I feel like we need to keep reading about your family beyond this. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. But have a good day and we'll talk Thank to you, you next so time, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me About Your Book. Please continue to support indie authors and indie bookstores. And if you would love to support Tell Me About Your Book podcast, you can certainly do so by going to buymeacoffee.com slash tellmepodcast. For a price of a coffee, you can support monthly for just $5. There's other tiers too in the memberships, and you can look at all the info about it, and I would certainly, certainly appreciate it. And of course, there's the other podcast, Books, Cats, and Snacks, where Caddy and I talk all things book and about her cats too. See you then.